Hi, I'm Bridget Murawski, and I'm the creative director of Baz Brothers Unlimited, a vintage wholesaler based in Fresno and Los Angeles, California. This is your bi-weekly dose of all things vintage. at me and I'm back with a new episode of my best vintage life with my occasional co-host Art Bazarkanian. Hello Art. Hello everybody. Why are you laughing? It's been a great day. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump right into my normal jump. notes. Are you done? Yeah just saying jump into your notes. Yes, I'm gonna jump into my notes. If you want to contact us by email, it's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. That's admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Check us out on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Highly recommend checking us out on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active, although I'm trying to be more active on Pinterest because I heard that's a good place to really put your energy. And plus, it's like so much fun and less drama than all the other social media platforms. Website. We have a website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can sign up for emails there. If you sign up for emails there, you will get our bi-monthly Vintage for Business newsletter, which I will be sending out soon. So if you sign up for an email, um, if you sign up for emails, and you want to get the business one, just let me know. Just shoot me an email, send me a message on Instagram, a message on Facebook, whatever, and I'll make sure that you're included in the business group. And if you don't have a business, you can still get that email. It's not just for people that own businesses. On the website, you can also do some shopping and check out the blog. So check out our website. If you'd rather call in and leave a voicemail, you can do so. The uh, phone number for that, it's a Google Voice number. It'll ring my cell, 559-365-6743. I think it's a pretty easy number to remember. 559-365-6743. And if you could please take the time to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast, I would really appreciate it, whether it be with friends, family, whatever. You can rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. You don't have to have an Apple product to do so. But if you do have an Apple product, you can also rate and review on the the Apple the Apple Podcasts app. <laughs> and in parts of Canada. Parts of Canada. All right. And uh, my obsession at the moment, Art, guess what I got? Um, a new beauty product. No. <laughs> I got a new TV. Oh, wow. After your, I'd say, months now of urging me to do so, I have a new TV. As much as I hate being that kind of tech consumer, I found a use for my old one. It's in my sun porch, and now I have a new one. My old one was four years old, so it wasn't playing Hulu anymore either. And let's be real, Hulu has Seinfeld, Frasier, and the X-Files, and I can't live without those shows, so. TV had to go. You had no choice. Yeah, I'm yeah. very happy with my new one, and I've been binge-watching some classic movies. I now have HBO Max um, because of my internet service provider. They gave me it for free, so. Yeah, I think AT&T bought them a while back. Okay. Well, yeah, that's who I have. I have AT&T Fiber Optic, which is amazing. I switched over from uh, Comcast Xfinity, which was awful, 
So I'm very happy with my internet and happy that I get to watch some some movies. Um, oh, and also right now I'm doing a free giveaway of a, an A to Z thrift guide that I put together. For free? For free. Well, monetarily free, but it'll take about five minutes of your time. All I'm asking is for an email sign up, which many people have already done. And you can do that on the website. Whether you're on a desktop or on a phone, you can sign up that way. Uh, just go to mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. And I'm just asking for, uh, other than the email sign up, a review of the podcast, an honest review. So, well, wow, I remember that was a lot of work for you putting that thing together. It was a lot of work. And um, honestly, like signing up for an email takes less than a minute. Writing a review, depending on how long you're going to write, should take no more than like four minutes. So, yeah, well worth the time spent, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I just, uh, I appreciate people's support so I want to pay them back in a nice way so yeah if you want the thrift guide if you do those two things just let me know and I'll send it over to you okay do you want to start yeah okay yeah so I, we'll have, just, I mean I, guess I have we'll take, so many we'll take turns going back and forth that works you're my favorite mistake was that an intro or is that a well, song that's uh Cheryl Crow that's what we're singing about our favorite mistakes Oh, I don't do Cheryl Crow. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead. Begin. Ah, let's see. Which one do I go with? Let's start with tuxedos. Tuxedos? Yes. My brother, this was probably late 1990s, early 2000s. No, it had to be 98 or 99 because I remember exactly where we were when we had this. We were using my friend's warehouse in Fullerton. And uh, ruffled shirts were popular, and we couldn't find enough, and we were selling a bunch. So he decides to buy an entire store that closed out in Georgia. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a couple hundred jackets, pants. Lo and behold, it's an entire 53-foot truck full of blues, greens. It looked like the when Dumb and Dumber were in walk <laughs> came to that party. Yeah. That's we had all those. Then plus the traditional black and everything else right. and tons so and you're tons. Chasing after a trend and ended up with all that excess. Yes. Well, his grand plan mm. at the time was to uh, have an online store that just supplied 70s and 80s tuxedos, whether it's rental or buy it. Oh, well, so needless to say, I have moved around these tuxedos from six different locations and I have the pleasure of seeing them every day yeah. here. Where, now, granted, where, they're pretty accessible here yeah 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 we have some well, hanging i can think of a good place to put them <laughs> back to la <laughs> no a little bit more specific but oh. go ahead i don't think it fit <laughs> <laughs> i already know where you, my poor little brother <laughs> uh, but you know we made our money on it but we're moving this now it's only half a 53 foot truck it's only 14 16 pallets so but yeah that one sticks out for sure. Okay, well, if anybody has any interest in um, tuxedo evening wear, let us know. 70s and 80s. You could start your own See, guys, this business. is why I always say be mindful of trends. Buy it sparingly. They will come back, but you don't want to be stuck with that much liability. No, no. Okay. And oh. my, my other mistake is like oh. that as well. But we'll get back to me after we do you. Okay. So... <clears throat> My first little mistake, and I'm going to give you a little bit of, uh, I guess, advice after each one. 
for me would be buying items that others suggested um, to me, but that never sold. So for example, I was selling mostly women's vintage and I would do some in-person events and people would come up to me and say, oh, you should sell men's. I got men's. You should sell kids. I bought kids. You should sell knickknacks, tchotchkes, books, whatever. I started doing that. You should buy plus size clothes. I started doing that. And the fact of the matter is, is that after buying all that stuff, hardly anybody bought it. And that's not to say I didn't want to support selling those sorts of things. But I think realistically what I should have done is researched other sellers in the area, resellers, and seen, you know, okay, is there a men's seller? Is there someone who sells plus size? And see if I could, you know, send some, some, some traffic their way. And, you know, I think that's a really good thing to do is maybe work out maybe if you send some traffic their way, they'll be willing to share about you on social media or they'll give you a cut of, you know, a percentage of the money that they make, try to work out some sort of partnership instead of having all of the stuff that I bought. I mean, I did eventually end up selling a little bit from all of those pockets, but not enough that it made up for the money I spent buying the inventory and I was left with inventory there. So you don't, I didn't want to discriminate, but at the same time, um, it just, you know, a lot of the women wanted the men's stuff so that their husbands or their significant others, whatever, there was always some guy like with a grumpy face walking around my sale and, oh, if you had this, he would shop. No, all he needed is some comic books or maybe some free beer. Yeah, you know. Free <laughs> Hand food, him a beer, a little beer. more. Now forget the beer. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're cavemen. I didn't say that. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I wasn't like being derogatory i was just saying that's what we are and, you know not all of us like to shop and if we do it's like okay takes us five minutes yeah i mean for and it did like it did get, get their interests more and get their attention more but even still it wasn't enough to make the sale yeah. it was like oh this is cool right now do you think you're as knowledgeable about those other things other items that you were forced in a sense to buy um some yes some no Plus size, definitely not, because the the sizing to me, um, I, I had to do like a little bit of research and I still wasn't 100% sure on it. Men's, not as much. I felt more connected to the kids' stuff and I felt more connected to like the little tchotchkes and books and stuff like that, or accessories, even huh. little accessories. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. Go ahead, Art. Your turn. Okay. And Okay. Here's another big buy. It was done around probably maybe two years after that, so early 2000s, and uh, dresses were in. So my brother decides to buy three or 4,000 women's sweater dresses. The ones that we currently still have? Yes. <laughs> I see <laughs> and a they pattern came, developing here. Do you guys? There's, uh, they were supposed to be all one silhouette, which they weren't, and they were just supposed to be assorted colors. So they came and it was like 30 or 40 different styles, every color of the rainbow you can imagine. And we and have dyed some black and that definitely helped yeah, with sales. Some were acrylic, some were cotton, some were cotton blends. And the, guys, just to give you like um, an, some imagery, it's like kind of like a tubular sweater dress. So there's not much shape to it. No shape. No. I mean, you could put a hot dog. Yeah, it, over it would be dog. a great dress for a hot dog. Yeah, I mean, seriously, right? Yeah, like That's what big, I'm thinking of. Big wiener. Yeah. Not a wiener. But <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> so those. Now we sold some. Don't get me wrong. But they've been sitting and have moved from three or four locations. And just recently, a couple of weeks ago, we sold a couple hundred of them 
to someone who's cutting them and uh, reworking them and mixing them up, kind of making them slanted color blocks, I guess. Yeah, it's one of our more upscale wholesale clients, and I do think it'll have a much more elevated feel than what they look like right now. I'm, I'm excited. I want to keep an eye out for those just to see how they come out. But, um, yeah, that's a lot of liability there, too. Yeah. I mean, having to move something around for 15, 16 years. It's just like it's people love tunic dresses, you know, like a shirt dress basically, but that shape is just really hard and not all of the silhouettes are super cute or they're not super flattering for like a wide range of body shapes. So, um, I mean, I, I know, I think I took one home and tried it and I, <laughs> I kind of just felt like, I don't know, like encased. my yeah but like yeah i call them sausage all you see are like your curves popping out and the rest is just like i don't know i felt really weird in it it didn't look natural to me so no so that's a that's a mistake for you then absolutely anything you you've had to move for 15 years and you still have the majority of okay so right now we have tuxedos for you guys we have sweater dresses if anybody wants to do something cool with them let us know (laughs) this is turning into a sales Oh, yeah. A sales event. Um, Okay, back to me? Yeah. So I regret, I did a lot of thrift store sourcing um, when I was doing my side hustle, which was called um, Other People's Trash Vintage Clothing. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Well, I was hustling. Still am hustling, but that was a different hustle. But anyway, uh, I, I had this bad habit of buying things just because it was vintage or cool And, um, you know, I I don't recommend doing that because that doesn't necessarily translate into a sale. And you're not going to know right away what your client wants, and that's okay. But once you know, that gives you a really good opportunity to fine-tune what you're buying and not have so much inventory, not have so much excess. And um, I don't know. There's just like a bunch of things that I regret buying because I was like, ooh, this has a vintage tag, or ooh, this has a union label, or, or this is a vintage zipper, and it's like, why did, why did I buy that, you know? But I think I was also very excited at the time doing uh, what I was doing. Also, finding things sometimes that are older, when you're so used to going to a thrift store and everything's new, new, fast fashion, then you come across one, it's kind of like, you know, wow, the treasure. Oh, yeah, and I always But it's like not that. desirable treasure. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely bought plenty of things where looking back, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? So I have that feeling every day when I walk in here. <laughs> when you walk into my warehouse? office? No, oh, to the warehouse. God, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, that's rude. You have the nicest offices I think I've ever seen. For what it was, it looks pretty good. Let's just say that much. It is the biggest office in the building. Okay. <laughs> Let's not go there again. All right. It's your turn. Okay. Uh, what do you think? An item or another bulk buy? But this one's actually good. Okay. I don't, let's go with an item. No, we're going to go with a bulk buy because I think there's an important lesson <laughs> okay. to be learned. Okay. Um, early on, again, uh, bought almost a 1,000 Pendleton shirts. We were told... These are number one, which means no holes, no stains. And it's, as you know, with wool, you know, sometimes you'll get those holes in there because of the fact they weren't cared for properly, weren't stored right. Mods, carpet beetles, hello. Yes. All of Bridget's favorite things. And so we bought them and then they came 
you know, and we're like, oh, they got to be good because they're from, they were from uh, the Pacific Northwest, either Oregon or Washington. So they get here and every single one of them has holes. Can't get a hold of the person. We're stuck with a thousand flannel or wool shirts. These are like Pendleton's, the, the button the Pendleton's. Ups. Yeah, the Pendleton yeah. shirts. Paid really good money because at the time they were hot, still are popular. And we're like, all right, what are we going to do? I'm pissed. I'm furious. My brother's like, man, don't worry. I got this. I go, what are you going to do with these? Like, we can't get a hold of the guy. So we ended up making hats out of them and uh, different accessories, using them to cover other things, encasing our bags that we made. And next thing you know, that was the beginning of our repurposing venture. How is that a mistake? Mistake putting your trust into something like that? I call it a mistake because, you know, when you're putting a heavy investment, don't trust the person you're buying from unless you've seen the goods, especially when the goods have a tendency to be. Is this from a vintage seller or just a rando person? Rag house. It was a rag house that was an open up there. Oh. And they would not, they refused to take it back. Interesting. Misrepresentation. Is this someone I know? No. Okay. No. But that started us on our repurposing project. So this is 99 or 2000. And the best part was we were selling these hats that we made out of the Pendleton shirts and all the different wallet coverings and you name it at the Rose Bowl. And a guy came by looking at it. He's like, these are great. Where did you guys get these? He goes, and then I told him the story. And he's like, that's really cool. Two hours later, he comes back. Hey, man, I just want to let you know. Uh, I'm one of the head designers at Pendleton. And I love what you're doing with this stuff. It's better than throwing it away. He goes, do you mind if I do some of these? And I was blown away. Hmm. So, did, were you like, did you work out a deal with him or anything? No, no, no. no. They have all the fabric there. They have all, yeah. you know. So he's, he was just happy that, you know, we weren't trying to say, oh, these are original Pendleton. This, this. We just said, reworked. We didn't try to throw in any labels or anything. We told everybody what it is. Yeah, we got some shirts that had holes. We didn't want to waste them. This is what we made. Yeah. You know, try to be honest with your clients. Let them decide what they want to, if they want to stay honest or not. But you stay true. <laughs> well, at least in that instance, it was something that you were able to repurpose. All of it we have, if you think about it. Um, tuxedos. Oh, stretch. We will. Wow, <laughs> it's not over yet. Okay, moving on. Can we make stockings out of those dresses? Christmas stockings. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. See. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um. My next mistake would be not doing more in-person events. Um, Where I lived at the time, right before I moved out here, there weren't a lot of artsy events, you know, where resellers, vintage sellers could get together or or makers or whatever. And I remember asking some people I knew around town, like, is that something we could get together? And now they have that, of course, after I've left. But for me to go to events, it was kind of a hop, skip, and a jump. There wasn't anything in super close proximity. So my advice would be if you are able to – you know, do an event in your town or your city where you live and it's not a hassle for you, you should get out there and do it. But if you don't want to make the investment of time, energy, and money right away, go check it out first. Go see what's what's up there. Maybe it's not the right audience for you. Maybe you wouldn't get a big return on it. Just make sure you're comfortable doing it before you, you make that investment. I have done some not so great events that just weren't a good fit for me. I did one at like a church fall bazaar and people were not thrilled about the items I had for sale. Cause I think they thought it was a little 
risque. Risque. Yeah, well, I mean, not that I really sold like really risque things. Yeah, but I just don't think thongs that fall bizarre go well. Sequence thongs. Yeah, no sequin no? thongs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just put yourself out there. But if you want to minimize the risk, check it out first on your own with family, friends. I personally think, other. I per- sorry to cut you off, but I personally think Are if you? you're close enough, uh, cutting you off, or yeah. sorry. Sorry. No, cutting you off. <laughs> but if you're close enough, go check it out first. You know, uh, it's just a little bit of time and then you'll understand because some, some, someone's opinion, oh man, this is the best place. There's tons of people. Yeah. There's, there might be tons of people just going around buying slushies or Snow yeah, cones. and people, a lot of events, people just aren't out to spend what you want for vintage clothing. That was probably the biggest call out I have is just, you know, like, I mean, I my prices were always super reasonable. My dresses were like 18 to $25, 30 max. You know, I sold a lot of dresses and people would be like $25 for vintage. Oh my God. You know, and I was just like, wow, okay, this is not the right place for me. Yeah, and if you have to explain it, then it, it usually isn't. Right. Um, your turn. Okay, I think I have a couple more, but this one is a. I item. have two more. Okay. This one was a, a pair of military pants. I've always wanted a pair of them, and they're actually called monkey pants. And what it is is there's a big pouch in the back, on uh, the rear, and they used to keep the hand grenades in them so they could reach back there, grab it, and throw it. And their World War II uh, Marines used them in the islands. And I always wanted a pair for myself. And, of course, I come across a pair, and I'm super excited. I look at the buttons. Buttons are U.S. Marine. And I look at the, and I, and I should have known, but I was so excited about it. I paid, like, $300 for them. On eBay? No, in person, in, in person, yeah, uh-huh. and you know, and I should have known that they were uh, they're reproductions, but they were so good. They, if I would have just taken another twenty minutes, taken the legs inside out, I would have read it in there that they were used for a, a movie. And Do you think that the seller knew that? Yeah, he knew that. Yeah, yeah, because I had an instance once like that where I. That's why I never ever. What? Do that to anybody. No. I, I had an instance, though, where I bought a bag and the lady thought it was real and she it, it wasn't. And I had to take it back and tell her and she actually gave me my money back. Well, that's a good person. Was, that's what um, you're supposed to do. The uh, Christian, Christian Dior saddlebag has like, it looks like a little English saddle and it has the D swinging from it, which looks like a stirrup. Oh, uh, you know what cute. I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So I bought one of those and I was like, man, this price is insane. And then I went home and went on like one of the purse guides on eBay and started going through their little checklist and lo and behold, not real. So I, you know, printed back then there were no smartphones. So I printed it out and took it to her and she gave me my money back. So yeah, chances are she probably didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it happens. But if that guy knew, that's that's a scummer move. Yeah. I mean, I still have the pants. I've worn them. I've enjoyed them. And, you know, I can't resell them unless I tell somebody, oh, these are reproductions from a movie. But I wish I would have. I wish the other markings are usually they put in the actor who wore them. They put it in there. But that would have been cool. Yes. Yeah. I personally think it's from uh, Wind Talkers. Remember that movie with no. Nicolas Cage? Um, 
I recognize the title. Yeah, it's about the Navajos that were in uh, World War II and how they used their secret language to oh. communicate information. So the Jap- Japanese couldn't intercept radio messages. It's a great movie. Sad, but good right. movie. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, back to me. I, I, I regret not finding a community. And for me, it was hard because, as you can imagine, what I said about there not really being sales, there wasn't too, too much of a community. I had some really consistent um, customers who would come shop at my place, and I still keep in touch with some of them, and they were really great. But there just wasn't a community, and if there was one, maybe I just didn't make a big enough effort to find it. But I think it's important to, if you're, especially if you're in a bigger city, to find people with similar interests and people that can support you and promote you. Um, I'm just the type of person where, like, I've never had friends that were into fashion the way that I was, you know, and I wish I would have had. Um, I just I just feel like even if your friends love you to death and appreciate you, they're not if they're not into fashion or vintage specifically, they're just not going to be quite as, um, I think, willing to support you because it's not like in the, the fore of their, you know, like the forefront of their brain. <laughs> um, we'll support you how? Like buying from you? No, well, that, yeah, I mean, like, if someone doesn't like vintage, what are they going to buy from yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're selling yeah. cookies. Everybody but likes cookies. But not only that, but I think sometimes they don't feel, like, as comfortable promoting you because they don't really understand what it is you do. And I have so many uh. people say that to me. I get it, but I don't. Um, so I think, like, if you have a community of people who get what you do and appreciate it, that's a that's a good source to have. It's a good way to meet new people. It's a good way to network. And, um Put yourself out there, even if you're shy. I'm a very shy person, and I'm not the type of person that's usually super anxious to get out there and put myself out there. But if I could do it all over again, I um, I would have done that differently. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm very shy as well. <laughs> yeah, but, but I feel like you're better at talking to people than I am. Eh, depends who they are. <laughs> they don't get on my bad side, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I guess same with me, too. Yeah. Um, did you have any other mistakes? Otherwise, I'll just do my last one. I I mean, I could fill up 10 shows with mistakes, but no, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll just leave with closing thoughts of this is when you do make a mistake, acknowledge your mistake, understand why it's a mistake, and then figure out a way to make it positive and do not beat yourself up because you are going to make mistakes. You know, like, like I said, this Pendleton thing, even though at the time it was a lot of money for us. It launched an entire, entire new business, and that business has been going strong when nobody, people used to laugh at us that we took things and we remade them into other things, you know, taking overalls, making bags for them, making cases for notebooks, uh, iPads. We're like, what is that? Oh, those are leg liners from a- Yeah, now that's- all people want to do. Exactly. And it's great. And I, I'll never say I was the first or this. I'll say more. I hope more people do it because it saves all our resources. And I love seeing the creative new visions that people have. And I love supplying them. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'd say my last my last mistake for me, and I won't, I won't dive into too much detail here, but for me... Um, and this is really specifically for anybody out there that's in a fashion-based job is, you know, I regret staying at my last job where I didn't, I didn't have the, the creative freedom that I felt that I deserved. Um, I think I stayed there 
too long, even though I wasn't even there that long, but mentally just too long. And um, I never, ever deter someone now when I hear them say they're miserable at their job. Should I leave? What would you do? Um, I just, life is just too short. And whether you're in a fashion-based job or not, I feel like that's something that needs to be said is don't, don't make that mistake. You know, don't go to bed worried every night. Don't wake up with like a sour stomach from anxiety or don't wake up not being able to breathe because of anxiety. Cause I did all of that and uh, it's not fun. And I feel like mentally and physically it, it took, you know, time away from my life. I feel like I've kind of regained it through calming down and chilling out a little bit. Um, but I was just very tired and very anxious for a very long time and it's just not worth it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, Art had to deal with me and thankfully was there for me when I needed an ear to vent to. Um, and I'm thankful for that. So, my pleasure. <laughs> Do you have anything? I mean, you've never, you've always worked for yourself. So I don't, I doubt you. I don't think anybody would hire me. I don't, I, I don't think so no, either. I really don't. I, I, you know, I like doing things my way. Yeah, but I mean, now that I've gotten away from the corporate scene, I'm so much happier. I don't think I could ever, ever go back to a corporate job. I mean, think about it. I work anywhere from 70 to 80 hours a week. I love it. I'm excited every morning to get up. I hate leaving work, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I don't really feel anymore like I'm working. Yeah. And I never thought I'd get to that point in my life, um, but I have, and it's a is much... It, is it because of the ping pong table? No, it's not. I haven't been even been able to enjoy the ping pong table because it's so freaking hot. Well, it's a great workout. 111 here this weekend, my friends. 111 in There's September. There's nothing like sweating playing ping pong. Oh, I'll save it for the <laughs> fall. Um, but realistically, I I could also go on and on about mistakes I've made as well. Oh, I'm yawning. <laughs> it's coffee time. No, I don't drink coffee. You know that. No, for me. Yeah, maybe I'll have some tea. But Can, can you please get us some? <laughs> no, just kidding, people. <laughs> what? What did you say? Nothing. <laughs> I said, can you please get us some? Me? Yeah. Oh. Never mind. I was like, wait, who are you talking to? <laughs> Oh my god, I need a nap. Um, so this is the end of our mistake episode art. Thank you so much for being on. My pleasure. Hopefully, uh, you guys took some things away and do not beat yourselves up if you do make a mistake and when you do, because you will. Yeah, it's inevitable. That's the fun part of looking for treasure. Sometimes you just get cat poop when you're looking for a gold nugget. It is yeah. what it is. And um, this is the second to the last episode of season two of my Best Vintage Life podcast. I will be closing out the season in two weeks with my special guest, Milena Martinez of Milena's Vintage in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, Milena has an amazing vintage store there, and she's someone that I've admired for a long time, uh, probably very influential in my decision to uh, attend the university that I did because I love the fact that there is a vintage store in the town. Uh, I'm just, I'm super excited to have her on. I actually just bought a dress from her. It arrived today and it fits like a glove. So I'm super excited about that, but it was beautiful. Yeah. She, she's going to be closing out the season and then we will start fresh in October. You know, your host Bridget does not take any breaks. 
I don't do podcast breaks anymore. I work year-round for you guys to keep you entertained and educated. Much appreciated. And I am chugging away at my Best Vintage Life Academy right now, which is super exciting. I'm hoping to have the classes live sometime between October and mid-November, so stay tuned there. You got anything else you want to add? Nope, I'm good. All right, guys. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, be kind. Don't be basic. And don't be basic. Bye. Bye.